episode 14 of the Yankees Chambers podcast. I'm Joey LaFranca, along with Matt Ledoux. Things are not great in Yankee land, but things are okay with us. Matt, how are you? Like you said, uh, we're not doing too, or we're doing well. Uh, <laughs> Yankees, not so much. Uh, I'm doing good, Joe. How are you doing? Not bad. I, um, I, you know, last episode we talked about consistency and, uh, the joke can be now the Yankees have found their consistency. They're consistently bad. Um, and it's just unfortunate from a Yankees perspective. And um, they're very difficult to watch right now. The hitting is not there. The pitching has not been there for the most part. Um, even the bullpen has been starting to show some flaws of late. I mean, that, the the strength earlier in the season was the pitching, both starting and the bullpen were pretty good. And now they've kind of come back to earth a little bit. And um, the hitting has been subpar pretty much throughout the whole season. So when you combine all that right now, the, this, is where, this is where the Yankees find themselves. And I mean, however you want to look at it from an from a organizational perspective of why this is happening, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But for you, for you Matt, what do you kind of pinpoint as, as some of the major causes of where the Yankees are at right now? So I guess if you're talking about who's to blame, because uh, there's plenty of blame that goes around. I guess it would start with management and more specifically Brian Cashman, the guy who put this team together. Yeah. Uh, he has nine or 10 guys on the roster that all do the same thing. Uh, they hit for a very low average. Um, they strike out a lot. They don't put the ball in play. They hit home runs or they walk. And I understand that home runs is arguably what wins you playoff games and the numbers show it. But in a year where offense has been down and more specifically your offense has been down and the home run hasn't been there, uh, like in years past, you have to adjust. And we haven't seen the Yankees adjust. Um, so I, I would start the blame there with Cashman. I would then look at the players because there's a lot of guys that, just aren't playing to the back of their baseball card. I uh, look at a guy like DJ LeMahieu, just hasn't been the same player that he was his first two years in pinstripes. Um, and it's frustrating to see, but he's not the only one. And then I think last, the last um, person that I would put some of this blame on has got to be uh, Aaron Boone. I, and when it comes to base running, uh, the Yankees have recorded the most outs on the base pass this year, and it's mm -hmm. not even close um, with the team that's second to them. That tells me that coming in to the season that that wasn't made like a priority. Um, I mean, how many times have we seen guys try to advance the third on a ground ball right in front of them? So, yeah, you can pin that on players and you can pin that on personnel, but also, I think that has to do with management. Are they, what are they driving home as like big points for this team? What are they wanting guys to hone in on? And I don't think at times, I don't believe Aaron Boone has said the right things or made the right decisions and that's fine, but we've seen it far too often in his tenure uh, with the Yankees this year. And I think the way that I'll put it for this season is including today's game against Toronto, there's 25 games left until the all-star game. 
And around that time is when you start hearing about trades um, and all, and the trade deadline starts to pick up. So the Yankees have probably 25 games, give or take, to prove to management and or Brian Cashman, are we going to be buyers or sellers? If you ask me, given what we've seen just dating back to the beginning of last season, uh, the Yankees over a hundred game sample size are a team that is roughly four or five games over 500. That's not a team that's really headed anywhere. So I don't know if 25 games is going to determine whether or not you mortgage or not necessarily mortgage, but you give up four years from now worth of, you know, like your bigger name prospects to really try and save a team that's not headed anywhere. Um, and with that being said, there's players on this team that the next 25 games, are, it's going to determine if they'll be back here next year. And then I think it also will determine if Aaron Boone and his coaching staff will be back next year. Because if, you, if you're the Yankees and your goal is to always win the World Series and, you can, and you're selling at the trade deadline, you, you can't bring back the same coaching staff if you're selling at the deadline. Like it, the Aaron Boone experiment in New York will be over. So that's just my opinion on the current state of the team. No, and and I like what you said. And um, a lot of a lot of talk sometimes has been about how the Yankees front office for them to fire Aaron Boone would be a a direct reflection on the front office themselves because from everything we're hearing with how analytically based the Yankees are now, um, they would just be letting go of somebody who is uh, just doing what he's told by the, by his superiors. But the one thing that I wanted to mention, and you, you kind of were headed in the direction and, and um, of what I was thinking when, when you were, when you were kind of just laying out some of your thoughts there, Aaron Boone is responsible for, solely responsible along with his coaching staff is responsible for some of the stuff that the Yankees are doing because it's not, some of the mistakes aren't analytical mistakes or things that are, can be based on analytics. You don't go from second base to third base when there's a ground ball to shortstop. That's just fundamental baseball that is not working well. And then there are different circumstances defensively that always seem to arise where you have, you know, somebody making an error or somebody not hitting a cutoff man, somebody not taking the right route to the baseball, and sometimes people not having the correct approach at the plate. Now, when you talk about the approaches at the plate, that's something where it can kind of maybe get more back to the front office mindset because the players and the coaching staff, the coaching staff is telling the players what the front office wants them to do in terms of at the plate. You know, a perfect example was, was Saturday's game in Philadelphia. The Yankees, you have the ghost runner on second base in the 10th the inning, and the Yankees couldn't move that runner over. What does Philadelphia do in the bottom of the inning? They move the runner over to third, and then there's a ground ball at third base, and Philadelphia doesn't hit a ball out of the infield the whole inning, and they end up winning the game. That's just good baseball. Put the ball in play. Make the defense make a play. If they make a play, tip your hat to them and move on. But the Yankees don't even put their opponents in positions to do that. And that's really one of the more frustrating things that I think we've seen. And, and that's just a microcosm of this season as a whole. And that's the that's what I kind of pinpoint as 
where you can place blame on the coaching staff compared to where you can place blame on the front office. Now, for any type of managerial change to happen, there's a lot of things that I think need to be considered. If Aaron Boone gets let go, that means things either really fell apart or Brian Cashman's job is also in jeopardy because Brian Cashman is really kind of feeding a lot. He's overseeing the information from the analytical side of things. He's constructed the team. And Aaron Boone is just doing what he needs to do uh, in terms of what he what his instructions are, I should say, from the organization. So if Aaron Boone gets let go, then I would also kind of be on the lookout for what happened with what happens with Brian Cashman, because I don't know if a decision of letting Aaron Boone go would be a Brian Cashman decision or it actually goes higher than that. And I think if it goes higher than that, then everything is going to be looked at under a different scope. Um, so that's, so that's something that I, I really kind of wanted to mention in terms of where you can place blame on Boone compared to where you have to place blame on the front office. Yeah, I think, um, <coughs> like you said, Brian Cash would be the biggest hypocrite if he were to fire Aaron Boone, because this is Aaron Boone's just doing, like you said, what he's told. Um, I, Getting to like the the construction of the team, they, I I understand what the analytics say. I understand that like bunting is like giving giving up and out or giving up and at bat. Um, I understand teams don't like to run the bases anymore, um, meaning like stealing. But I think there's something to be said about having some versatility on on the roster. Um, I don't think having nine or 10 guys on the team that hit home runs and don't run the base as well is a recipe for success. I don't mind having the home runs up and down the lineup, but would it kill the analytic department to have a guy who's high on base percentage or a high average guy, but he also can run the bases or, I mean, he can steal a couple, like a, like Starling Marte, for example, Starling Marte is a guy who gets on base, um, a, a, at a really high percentage and he's I think every every year that he since he's been in the league he's at least stolen 20 or more bases like just something that puts pressure on the defense or gets in the defenses um in their mind and I just I look at the, the team as a whole and we can sit and talk about the approach we can talk about the pitching we can talk about whatever uh there is to talk about it's just a bad baseball team and there's no other way to put it. It's been, and honestly, it's been a bad baseball team since probably game two of the 2019 American league championship series. I think that's when we started to kind of see this whole thing rear its ugly head. Um, I, I think regardless of where this team goes, whether they sneak into the playoffs, whether they miraculously somehow come back and, are able to win this division, which I don't see happening. Um, there's going to be major changes, and there will be a major shakeup next season. Uh, and like you said, as far as who's going to be possible to replace Aaron Boone, should that be the case? I mean, we know the Yankees, outside of um, Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner, like they've never fired and then hired a manager in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Um at least from what I can remember. Uh, so the likelihood of 
Aaron Boone being let go in the middle of the year is extremely unlikely. Um, and I think we talked about this the other day that we said, you know, the stadium is opening back up to full capacity this week, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just announced. And why should people go spend money to go watch this team play? And I think that when fans stop showing up to the ballpark and fans stop spending money at games or stop spending money, like I said, going to games, that's when it'll hit with them that we need to be better. We need to do better by not just ourselves, but the people that are like supporting this team. And we talked, it's, it sucks that that's what it's come to with the Yankees. And like you said, essentially in America, Um, but it is what it is. I, I guess I would just like accountability for every guy down on the field. Kind of like when, when George was alive and running the team. And I know that gets brought up a lot where, Oh, if the boss was still here, this would never happen. But I mean, people forget that, you know, George wasn't always the best owner. Um, and he oftentimes ran the team into the ground and the team was only successful because he was asked to be away from the team for a while. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I feel just his presence of it's winter bust every single year, or we have to win the world series, no matter what team I have on the field or who's managing. I think that brought a lot of accountability to guys. Um, and I just did that make guys perform better. I, I believe it did. Yeah. There, there has to be basically to summarize what you had said. And I think you said it at, at the beginning there has to be some type of accountability. Somebody has to hold the players accountable. And to this point, we truly haven't seen that. Now, you could say that we've seen some type of accountability in terms of like a player like Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier is just a bench player now. Miguel Andujar is the starting left fielder until proven otherwise. And initially, Clint, Clint Frazier, that was Clint Frazier's job. Um, that's one of the areas where you could pinpoint to some, you know, production accountability and lack of production. And, you know, he's lost his job, but, you know, you can't do that um, to every player on the team because every player on the team to a certain extent, other than basically Aaron judge, other than um, Stanton when he was hot. And other than, I, I think you could throw Gio Urshela in there none of the players have produced to the back of their baseball cards and not even, like you said, not even DJ LeMahieu. So this is a, it's a, it's a big problem. It's not like there's just one or two weak links that you could kind of improve upon to make what is a, uh, what we could call a good baseball team, a juggernaut. The Yankees aren't that right now. Um, And I think getting to what you said about, um, you know, the stadium opening up, the fans coming in, that is really when we're going to see how things are responded to from a, from a fan's perspective. Are they going to boo each time? Are they even going to be there to boo? Like you said, why would you, why would you want to go to a game right now? They're not an enjoyable baseball team to watch. And if you like baseball and if you're a huge Yankees fan and if you live close to the area, then sure, you're going to go to a game because it's still a great experience. It's still fun. And, you know, going to a baseball game, if you're a baseball fan, just in general, it's awesome. And Yankee Stadium itself is is, is fun. Um, if you're watching the Yankees themselves, they might not be as fun. But everything else other than that is. So I think if 
the stadium attendance starts to go down, they're going to have to look at things a little bit differently. And when it starts affecting the money lining their pockets, it's going to be a big change for them. So I think that's really maybe the next uh, next tipping point in terms of if any type of changes happen. But this is this is very bad right now with what the Yankees are going through. Um, it's a it's a it, I think we've <clears throat> we said earlier in the year, like this is the low point. Things will get better. But it just seems like things are getting lower and lower. Um, and, and I think maybe they can get themselves out of it. But they're approaching a dangerous territory in terms of they started off the season slow. Then they got onto a hot streak. They got their heads above water and they started to swim a little bit. But when you start off slow and then get on a hot streak, you're bound to come back to reality again. And that's the cycle that the Yankees are in right now. And I would say the Yankees have had a bad stretch to start out the season, a decent stretch, and now they're in a bad stretch again. And I don't know if there's an end in sight for when this bad stretch ends and when a good stretch begins again, and it might become too late. And I like what you said too, about these 25 games coming forward, moving forward. This is time. This is the time where the Yankees can prove themselves. Um, what type of team are you? Identify yourself to yourself um, and to your fan base and to your and to your organization. That's what they need to do over these next 25 games. It's not going to be easy, um, especially when I don't know if they the, – the thing that really stinks is you there is nobody that you can truly rely upon from day to day other than somebody like an Aaron Judge or – Honestly, I'll just leave it at that for now because he's the only one that seemed to be really dependable. And as great as Garrett Cole is, he only pitches every five five days. He's not somebody who you can have out every day. So with that all in mind, it's a difficult situation that the Yankees are in right now. It'll be interesting to see how things develop. From my perspective, just as a journalist, I like um, the storyline, it's not a fun storyline, but it's a storyline and it'll kind of be interesting to see. I mean, there's, you talk about adversity. This is adversity. Can a team rise above it or will they get eaten up by it? And from that perspective, it is a little entertaining. Um, but you know, from a, if you're just, if you're just a fan, um, it's not a, it's not a perspective you want to be seen, uh, tried to handle, tried to be handled right now by, by the organization. Yeah. And I think, depending on whichever way this season goes, I think you'll look back at that series in Detroit where they kind of just punted that three games. <laughs> uh, they ran out just bad lineups and didn't care what pitching they threw out there. Um, I, that that kind of started this whole, this spiral. Because um, they were coming off of just sweeping the White Sox. They thought they were good. They thought they yeah. were good. They, re- you know I, think, what? I think they thought they turned a corner and they got cocky way too early. And you know what? They were good. They were playing great baseball. But – and Yankee Twitter was up in arms and saying Yankees best team in the American League. Um, but, again, <laughs> we saw it in April. We're seeing it again in June. Uh, we saw it pretty much all last year. Maybe this team is just a 500 team. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, But we can kind of leave the Yankee talk uh, behind for now and talk about a couple other things we wanted to talk about. And um, this topic has kind of annoyed me to no end because we've heard about it so much, but uh, we'd be remiss to not talk about the, uh, the sticky, the sticky stuff situation. Um, The SSS as we, as we would call it potentially. Um, (laughs) 
this whole thing about substances that pitchers are using and all this stuff, I mean, it has become a storyline that I think baseball has tried to avoid for so long, um, similar to, I think, similar to the steroid era. And now we're seeing, you know, I guess I think baseball looks at it from the perspective of it's gotten out of hand. Um, pitchers are definitely using different substances for different things. Now, who these pitchers are, how many pitchers are using substances, how many pitchers aren't, what's legal, what's not. All this stuff is a mess. Um, it's not good for baseball. It's a terrible situation. Um, and I mean, if you look at, uh, if we want to talk about analytics, I think overall baseball, uh, MLB averages have gone up over 10 points since this whole sticky stuff thing came into, yep. came into effect. So obviously there were a good amount of people using different things. And um, I don't know if you've ever well, do seen you think? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think that this is my theory on the whole thing. Do you think that baseball is just going to turn its back on the whole situation and say to hell with it? And they just brought back the juice baseballs again. It, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that because I think there's, they were, so, they were in such a state of flux between going back and forth between the juice balls and then now you're dealing with this whole sticky stuff thing. I mean, I think they don't know what they want. I don't know because they want to just have, they want to, and MLB wants to have the most attractive game possible for fans to watch. And they keep screwing it up. They can't make a decision on what they want. And that's the worst thing. You can't have one thing one day and one thing another day. They're like a four-year-old kid. You know, one day I want to do this. One day I want to do that. An hour from now, I might want to do something else. That's kind of the that's kind of the the feel I get for the for for what's going on right now. And I heard that. I mean, I read about how a lot of pitchers have different things that they've been. I mean, using for a long time. I mean, it goes way way back. You know, in terms of baseball. I mean, there's always been some type of modification that pitchers have been using to get a better grip on the ball. Different things like that. Now, when it comes to be affecting spin rate and different things like that and really making the ball dance, that's when it can kind of get out of hand. And I think that's the situation that Major League Baseball finds themselves in now is it has gotten out of hand. Um, the issue now, and I'll, I'll get creative in the way I'm speaking about this, is now the balls are going to get out of hand of the pitchers and you could see a lot of more dangerous situations, uh, batters getting hit more, um, and I, I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how major league baseball handles this now. And I, I will be very curious to see, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I want to see what happens the first time somebody gets caught with something. I want to see what happens. And I would love to, I, you know, I hope nobody, I hope nobody gets caught. Um, I hope, I hope the situation actually patrols itself, but oh, I would be so curious to see what happens if somebody gets caught and if the punishment is actually substantial and who exactly gets caught. Um, is it a no name? Is it somebody that is a, you know, an, a brand name? Uh, it, there are so many different storylines with this whole thing, but it's so annoying to hear about. I mean, like the amount of times I've heard the word sticky stuff is, can we come up with a better term for it? I don't even know. <laughs> like it's, it, and that's literally what baseball is using almost for like, that's what everybody's saying. Sticky stuff. You can't come up with a better word than that. I mean, that's, that's not the problem here, but I'm just saying like how it's just a bizarre situation. And I just don't know. 
I just don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I mean, other than it seems like, you know, batting averages are going to go up and pitching's going to go down. Yeah. Like you said, uh, I'm, I've gotten annoyed just listening to other baseball podcasts talk about it. It's, I was over it a week into the, the whole controversy or whatever you, you want to make of it. I almost feel like if baseball wants to go through with it, it's got to be like a household name that they come down on. I mean, if it's a no-name guy, I don't really see anybody wanting to yeah. change or why would that change right. anybody from wanting or from wanting to do it. So I feel like if, you know, we as Yankee fans, we all know Garrett Cole, is a guy who in Pittsburgh was, you know, he was a nice arm, went to Houston and, you know, that's where his career took off. So we all know that it goes on, but if like Garrett Cole, who is the highest paid, what the highest paid pitcher in baseball, Mm -hmm. if he's removed from a game because of it, or if he's thrown out of a game because of it, I think that sends a more of a, like a louder message to the rest of the league as compared to that relief pitcher in St. Louis, who was that, Gallegos? Yeah, former Yankee. Former Yankee. He was part of the Luke Voigt trade, I think. Yep. So I think that sends a, um, like, I think that'll definitely bring it more into perspective for guys. Uh, how, how did you feel about Josh Donaldson just kind of going out and singling out Garrett Cole? as part of it I, I didn't I didn't think it was right because if this is it this whole rule didn't come into play because Garrett Cole was the only person using any type of substance um and that's what I didn't like about it and you know a player going after another player too uh, especially when we're we're approaching what will surely be an ugly um negotiation period between the owners and, and major league baseball and the, uh, the players union um, coming up after this season for the next collective bargaining agreement. Um, you never like to see players turning on players. Um, and, and I just didn't like how Garrett Cole be kind of became kind of the, um, the, the, figure, the, the figurehead. Yeah. For, for this situation. Um, Cause Garrett Cole's, a, you know, from everything we've seen, he's a good person you know, family guy now, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's got a kid and, um, it seems that he says all the right things. He's very, he's very kind to the media. I've never seen him, um, big time anybody. He answers questions thoroughly. Um, so from that perspective, that tells you a lot about the person that he is. And, you know, obviously now, um, with what the Yankees are going through, I'm sure he's not maybe enjoying his time as much in New York as he thought he would be. Um, but with that being said, what Josh Donaldson did and said in calling out just Garrett Cole single-handedly, definitely probably not the best approach of how to handle things. I get it. I, I get how Garrett Cole is a good example of maybe what has happened these past couple of years with these substances and whatnot. But at the same time, there's absolutely no proof of it. And Josh Donaldson just kind of said his opinion and obviously reporters went with it because it's a very polarizing thing to say. You can't blame the reporters in that sense. You have to blame Donaldson if anybody, but I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of targeting just an individual and um, it really put Garrett Cole in a bad situation that maybe he, you know, maybe he deserved, maybe he didn't. Um, But regardless um, with this whole sticky substance thing going on, you know, last time Garrett Cole pitched, he pitched fine. There was no issues whatsoever. 
Um, so with that all in mind, definitely didn't like what Donaldson did. Yeah. And I think if you're Donaldson's teammates, when he comes out and talks about this catalog that he has of how every pitcher cheats or what pitchers have cheated, I mean, there's guys on the minister, there's guys on the twins that are, that are doing it too. Like, does he just think that this excludes the twins or so from that perspective, from him, like from my perspective, I didn't understand what he was doing when he came out and said it either. Um, and obviously, I mean, like, I just thought that him just singling out Garrett Cole when Trevor Bauer openly admitted that he was going to do it and that he has been doing it. I mean, it's not just Bauer and it's not just Cole. I mean, you saw Tyler Glass now's uh, RPMs. They all dropped after one of his starts. So it's not it's not just, you know, one or two individuals. So like Cole said, it was low-hanging fruit. Um, but the, the thing that's irritating, I think, mostly is now whenever a guy has a bad start. Yes, it's it, going to come into race. question. Yeah, like a role is Chapman when he um, let up the four runs against the Twins everybody was like, Oh, all his RPMs were down and everything. And his velocity was down. I mean, it, it's just, it's going to be so unfair for guys. And especially like a guy uh, like Jacob DeGrom, who's having a historic season. I mean, for DeGrom standards, he'll go out and give up like two runs and that'll be a bad outing for him. And people, you know, kind of look towards it. And even if, and I don't think DeGrom is personally using it and his teammates have all vouched for him, but even then DeGrom is going to be thrown into the mix of, well, that season was when pitchers were using illegal substances to get more to generate a higher spin rate. So the whole thing is just a bad situation. Sure. Hopefully one way or another, it gets resolved. Uh, Joe, do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we pretty much covered everything for now. I mean, Yankee land is a sad place. Hopefully they can kind of improve a little bit. I'll be curious to see what happens in, uh, in, well, in Buffalo. Are, are we, I don't even know. Are we in Buffalo or are we still in Florida? No, we're, we're in Buffalo. Okay. We're in Buffalo now. Okay. See that, that just, uh, it's uh, <laughs> COVID is getting better, but like, I'm still having to ask, are, are we playing in Florida today or are we playing in, in Buffalo? Like I, I wasn't even sure off the top of my head. Um, but the the main thing the main thing moving forward just as a closing thought for the Yankees is this is the time for them to prove themselves um this is a time we'll we'll see what they're made of um you know there's there could not I don't think there could be much I mean there always can be but they're, they're the adversity levels right now are about as high as I would like to see them I think I think you know I would like to see them challenge this because I think otherwise they might be biting off more than they can chew and we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. I mean, if you're down on the Yankees right now, the one thing, the one thing I will say is just take a step back, realize what this team is right now and realize that they could get better or things could somehow get worse. But if you're a Yankee fan and you're kind of questioning like, Oh, do I want to root for this team? I'm not enjoying watching this team. Just take a step back. Don't worry about what's happened in the past. If you're a Yankee fan and you want to watch a game, just watch the game. And if you get sick of it during the game and if they start playing bad, turn it off, move on. There's better things to do. You're not part of the team. You're not putting on uh, baseball pants and a, and, a, and, a, and a pinstripe jersey. And you're not putting on a baseball cap and going out there. There's nothing you can physically do about it. You're just a fan watching the team, trying to support them. And that's the thing. They have to earn your respect as a fan. They have to earn your uh, your. They have to earn your your support. 
And right now they might not be doing that. So, I mean, if you're down about that and if you want to, you want to take a break for a little bit and you know, it's just bumming you out, do it. I mean, we haven't, we didn't do a podcast for two weeks or something like that, partially because we were just super busy. But another thing was, what were we going to say? I mean, it's just the same old story. So that's kind of just my closing thought on, on where the Yankees are at right now. So enjoy the Yankees if you want to. If you need to take a break from them, take a break from them. But just, hey, you know, it's baseball. There's ups and downs. There's just been a lot more downs than ups of late. And we'll see what the Yankees do moving forward. We're going down with the ship. <laughs> Always. That's the best way to go about it. Absolutely. Well, it's been fun talking with you, Joe. Uh, good luck to your Brooklyn Nets tonight. Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's happening. And my Islanders, too. My Islanders. Yeah, are, I was going to say, your Islanders had a nice – was that their the first game of the series they pulled out? Yes, game one in Tampa. So they've regained home ice now. Oh. That's we'll big, see, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, I am I'm very excited. You know, the Nets were you know projected to to win it all. I mean, there's things that have happened now with the Kyrie Irving injury. Is James Harden's hamstring going to fall off? Who knows? Is KD still good? You know, a lot of different things are going around that. Um, but put them aside for a second. The Islanders are just. If you are a hockey fan, or if you would like to just enjoy watching some playoff hockey, the Islanders are fun to watch. They're just a good team. They kind of mess it up. They muck it up a little bit. They don't have really too many stars. They're just a good team. They've got a good head coach. The fan base is electric. After game two in Tampa, it's going to go back to Nassau Coliseum for the last year of that arena before they move to their new arena next year. I mean, there's a lot of fun storylines with the Islanders. And if you're a, if you're a New York person, or, or just a hockey person in general, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy playoff hockey. And the other series between the Vegas Golden Knights and Montreal Canadiens is also a very intriguing series. You got a heavy underdog Canadians team against Vegas. And I don't know, I've just been really enjoying hockey. So just a little, little hockey talk on the pod before we go too. And I know Matt, you said you, 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 you ventured into watching an Islanders game recently. I did. I was going to, I was going to mention that two, two things. One disclaimer. I was not happy, even as a Celtic fan, to see Kyrie Irving go down. I don't want people to think that. I don't root for it. So it sucks. I wasn't happy about it. And then two, I did venture into watching a hockey game. Didn't understand any of it, but it was fun to troll uh, the Boston Bruin fans on Twitter after. Uh, more specifically, uh, Jared Jared Carabas. Uh, he's a big, big Bruin guy. It was it was nice being able to troll him. Good luck to your Islanders. And your Brooklyn Nets. Thank you. Um, even if the Yankees can't get it done, you look like you've potentially got to uh, parades you'll be seeing this year. Yeah, it's possible. We'll see what happens. And by the way, we can find this podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other places Matt still doesn't know. I think he does kind of know them, but he's not quite sure, so we can't really publicize it. But, I mean, basically, just for people who don't know, I mean – if you go on different places, you if you go on different streaming sites, I mean, Google Podcasts, things like that, you'll be able to find us in a lot of different places. So tell your family, tell your friends, tell your animals. I don't know. Tell everybody. But thank you for listening, everybody. And Matt, why don't you sign us off? It's been fun talking with you guys. But for now, we're exiting the Yankee Chambers. 